you are more powerful than you know, you know, and one of the most powerful tools that we have in our life, in our body is breathing. And the way that we breathe shifts and changes the way that we feel, the way that we heal, the way that we process information, the way that we react, the way that we show up, the confidence that we have, the trauma that we're healing through, the way our digestion works, the way our immunity works. And, and you're like, oh, just from breathing. And that's the thing. Like we all have this tool that's within ourselves, that's not outside of ourselves. Hi, welcome back to Blissfully Bloom, a podcast created to empower women to love themselves unconditionally and heal their anxious mindsets to live a life of bliss. I am just buzzing with excitement because I'm not sure if you have listened already, but I have created an episode a while back, it might have been a few weeks ago, about talking about my experience with breathwork because during that time I had consistently did a breathwork practice for 80 days straight and I really talked about my experience and really shared how it has been so transformative and life-changing for me. So I wanted to bring a breathwork facilitator here on the show to really dive into this topic and dive into this self-healing tool that we have available to us at all times throughout the day. The guest on the show this week is going to be Shanila Satar, and she is the founder of Flow Breathwork Facilitator Training, author of Breathe, a fourth generation sound healer, women's researcher, national speaker, and host of a top six podcast, The Playground. She is the creator of Always Play Studios and the Integrative Healing Academy, where she trains sound healers, breathwork facilitators, and mentors aspiring healers in the healing arts. You can find her work at www.alwaysplay.org. Again, that's www.alwaysplay.org. Org. I'll leave her website on the show notes so that you can find her really easily. And I am super, super excited for you to hear our conversation today because we really talk about what breathwork is, what its benefits are. And for all of my episodes, I normally have a guided list of questions that I will potentially ask my guests. But for some reason for this one, I went with my heart and I allowed my intuit I allowed my intuition to flow for this episode today. So many of the questions that I had planned, I didn't really follow them. I asked maybe one or two. I actually really enjoyed the style of podcasting and I think I will lean into it a bit more and start to trust my intuition whenever I'm having these conversations with my guests because I really do feel like the conversation flowed in different directions that I wasn't expecting and it was really our time to play as Shanila really um, promotes. She's an advocator for play to, you know... Be that, be that kid at heart, allow your creativity, your intuition to come out of the shadows. And that really inspired me to do that for this episode. So I don't want you to wait any longer to hear this conversation. But before we do, I would love to give a shout out to our sponsor. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Blissfully Bloom. I feel so grateful today because I am here with Shanila, the author of Breathe and a Breathwork Facilitator. Welcome, Shanila. Thank you for having me, Victoria. Now, my first question I would love to ask you is, what is one powerful lesson you have learned that has completely changed your life? Oh my gosh, one powerful lesson that has completely changed my life. I would say it has everything to do with how I run every single facet of my life, which is to play, you know, and right before we started recording, we were trying to do this like little ritual, right? And Victoria was like, okay, I want to play a little music for you. And, and she's like, what kind of mood are you in? Are you in like grounding? Are you in uplifting? And I told her, I was like, no, I'm, I'm feeling mischievous, you know? <laughs> and for me, like, that's, that's a huge lesson. That's an energy that I try to keep with me through, you know, projects and business and love and life and friendships and all of that stuff just like having like an air of not taking things too seriously and it's never failed me so far so I like I like to go with that oh I love that I'm just curious how do you create this sense of play that you are drawn to you know, it's like uh, they say they say adults are just remembering how to become kids. And I think everything is so serious nowadays. You know, everything has such structure and rules and hot mess of culture and society. Da, 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 da. And I think we can get really caught up in like wanting to fit in and wanting to belong when the truth of the matter is all of us kind of have a lot of inner wisdom that come from our intuition and our intuition is guided by our inner child. And I, I don't know if like you've ever heard, you know, connect to your inner child and talk to your little, little self and do some inner child. Cool, cool, cool. But how do we actually embody that in the day to day where you let that kid like lead in curiosity and not taking things so seriously and being okay with failing and being okay with not knowing stuff. Part of that is integration. It's not just talking to your inner child, but also like taking that child with you in the everyday activities. So for me, that's been very important. Wow, so incredible. I didn't even think about that, that that type of inner work doesn't have to be, oh, a set time or set time or day out of the month. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on really connecting with my inner child the first day out of every month. No, it could be every single day. So that's really, really powerful shift in your mindset to think about. So thank you for sharing that. Thanks for asking. So I would love to know, what is your take or just what is your definition of breath work and how does it contribute or play a role in holistic healing? Yeah. So for anybody listening, you are more powerful than you know, you know, and one of the most powerful tools that we have in our life, in our body is breathing. And the way that we breathe shifts and changes the way that we feel, the way that we heal, the way that we process information, the way that we react, the way that we show up, the confidence that we have, the trauma that we're healing through, the way our digestion works, the way our immunity works. And, and you're like, oh, just from breathing. And that's the thing. Like we all have this tool that's within ourselves, that's not outside of ourselves, that can shift the way that we experience pretty much life, not just one thing in life, pretty much all of life. And for me, I'm the founder of Flow Breathwork Facilitator Training, where I train breathwork facilitators. And as you mentioned earlier, I wrote a book called Breathe. And my goal and my energy in the work that I do, in the work that is breathwork, is to make breathing techniques and breathing practices 
really applied and applicable to everyday people. So all the people in your life who's never going to come to a meditation class, all the people in your life who's never going to, you know, like do an hour long breathwork session or go do, you know, a mindfulness situation, all the aunties and uncles and family members who are just like, oh, this is too woo woo, wah wah, like what the heck is this? I've been breathing my whole life. I don't need somebody to teach me how to breathe. There, there are practical ways that we can talk about breathwork that makes it like, huh, this is actually doable for me. This isn't something that I need to like take out so much of my time or so much of my energy and, and add in, you know, more things to do in my list. These are techniques that I can take with me on the day to day that can shift the way that I experience life. And the truth of the matter is breathwork is an actually an ancient practice. It's been written about in the Vedas, which are ancient texts where yoga was written about. Yoga and Ayurveda and wisdom traditions have always talked about breathing and they've had deep wisdom around what breathing did. So they knew that breathing could hmm, change temperature in the body. It could make you get into an altered state. It could make you release. It can make you improve your digestion. It could cool down your body. They knew all of these things like thousands of years ago, you know, over 10,000 years ago. And not just in the Vedas, but in indigenous cultures, in Mayan cultures, in Peruvian cultures, in a lot of Northern African cultures, they are always knew this power of the breath. And so what's happened in the last couple of years or last decade or so is that we're taking ancient wisdom and wisdom traditions and bringing them to kind of the modern world. So breathwork is basically this umbrella term that means the way that you breathe. Breathwork is not like the serious term. It's a very general term. It's a very overarching term that says this is the way that you breathe. So you could be breathing fast depending on what it is that you're trying to do. You could be breathing slow, depending on what it is that you're trying to do. You could be breathing with movement, which is what I teach in flow breath work. You could be breathing with movement to do somatic healing or somatic experiences. You can be doing breathing that help you tap into altered states or get into astral realms. Depending on what it is that is your intention, you're going to be practicing a different style of breath work. Mm, that reminds me, whenever you said that you're breathing can literally change your temperatures. It kind of reminds me of the doshas. Does that also kind of intertwine? hundred percent. So doshas, for anybody who's not aware, in yogic sciences, which are yoga and Ayurveda, Ayurveda is kind of the life science of how breath and nutrition and your constitutions, which are thought of as these three different doshas, these basically three, three different archetypes. And so you hit it right on the head, Victoria. You, you know, doshas are definitely attributed to the style of breathing too. So certain temperatures are related to certain doshas. Certain um, characteristics are related to certain doshas. Certain ways of personalities and character types are related to certain doshas. And so your body processes your breath in five elements, either in air, water, earth, fire, or ether. And so the way that you're breathing, you're going to activate either one or two of these different elements. So for example, you might've heard of something called the breath of fire, right? And so literally you're activating fire energy in the body. There's also different techniques that allow your water element to activate so that there are more cooling breathing techniques. There are ones that, as I've been saying, ones that get you into altered states of consciousness. So those are the techniques that activate the ether element. So depending 
on how it is that you are in this season of life. For example, if you're really fired up in this life, you're, you're like, yes, I'm, I'm really energized about fire. Meaning that what are the emotions that are related to fire? You have passion, anger, grief, excitement, love, sex, all these are very like heated type of emotions and they process as fire, very hot type of energy in the body. And linguistically, we kind of understand that emotions process in the body. Emotion, literally the word stands for energy in motion. And so emotions as they process in the body show up as, as temperature. So if you're in a season of your life where you're just like really activated, you're so excited about a project, you're just like going gung-ho, all of this kind of stuff, you're going to want to tap into a style of breath work that doesn't agitate that fire. It doesn't make you be in so much fire that you do what? You burn out. Literally the linguistic, like so much fire makes you burn out. So you want to do things in your body that actually help balance and cool down that fire. You don't want to put out the fire. That's not what you want to be doing. You don't want to cancel out the fire and just say like, oh my gosh, I'm excited. So I'm going to pour water on it. And, and now you're going to complain that you don't have any spark. There's no creativity. There's no energy behind the thing that you're doing. You don't want to undo that. What you want to do is balance it. So if you are familiar with, you know, whatever kind of archetypes that you work with, doshas or maybe even astrology or you're tuned into moon cycles or your menstrual period, depending on, you know, what it is that you're keeping track of that feels aligned for you, you want to look at what elements are you kind of over correcting for right now and how can you balance that so breathing techniques is one of the things that you don't need something outside of yourself to do it you just use your own intuition to say like yeah i'm actually really heated up nowadays like i'm feeling really agitated for better or for worse so i'm going to do something that helps me cool down and vice versa if you're feeling really uninspired and you're like wow i really have no air air energy you might want to do something that is hyper activating for you for yourself so that it activates that life force energy within you. Oh, wow. That, that really does remind me of whenever I wake up and sometimes some days I wake up with a lot of energy. Some days I don't. And this morning I felt really, really exhausted. And I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm not in the mood for something that is more relaxing because I feel like that will maybe even put me to sleep and I'm trying to wake up right now. So I chose a breathwork practice that will energize me. So that really does relate to how I choose my breathwork sessions or guided breathwork sessions on an app that I use. I, I do it more intuitively, but then I also check in with my body and ask myself, okay, how am I feeling right now? And how do I want to feel so that I can take on my day in a really empowered way? No, thanks for sharing that. And you know, earlier I mentioned I had written this book for with 33 breathwork practices. And the way that I characterize all these techniques is in five different sections. So there's breathwork techniques for energy, for inner healing, for grounding, for mood, for sleep. And all of these things are char characterized in a different way. It's because these different things do different things. And you were so intuitive to say, like, if I if I'm already feeling exhausted and I do something that like even more calms my body down, then I'm going to be more, you know, feeling chill and relaxed than, than, <laughs> than what I'm going with, going for. Now, if that's what you wanted to do, if that's what that was your intention, you're like, yep, I'm exhausted. I'm going with it. Like today we are chilling. We're resting. 
then cool, that would be a perfect thing. You know, there's no right or wrong way. But intuitively, our body is always getting clues. We, our nervous system sends us clues that this is how I woke up. And so part of the reason why having a couple of different breathwork techniques and having a couple of different ways to, you know, manage your energy is really powerful because every day you don't need the same thing right? When some days you're like up, if you're some somebody who's like so uh, regimented, you're somebody who's like, this is my morning routine. I do these five different things. I do these five things every single morning. You might be actually be working against your intuition. Your body works in seasons. Your body has a circadian rhythm, ultradian rhythm, infradian rhythm. You know, I'm not going to confuse everybody with all of those today. <laughs> But basically, your body has all these different rhythms. And the more that we can intuit, like, actually, today, I woke up so energized. And so do I want to lean into that energy? Do I want to hyperactivate that? Is that going to cause me to burn out in a couple of hours? Or am I going to balance that? And that's your choice. You have the agency, you have the power, and you have the, you're empowered to you know, make that choice for yourself. But for me, when I was getting into breath work or learning holistic tools, I didn't understand that there were any differences between different types of breathing techniques. I had no idea. Nobody taught this to me. I knew about meditation or whatever, but I'm not somebody who's always meditated. I thought that to be somebody who meditated, you had to like be able to like shut off your mind and sit in a cave for 50 years. And you know, I'm like, no, I I'm like, my head is doing all of those things. And leaning into your intuition and the magic of breathwork is to be okay with being intuitive. Be okay with like listening to your body and understanding, are you being intuitive or are you just like trying to skip out on the practice today? You know what I mean? It's like, are you doing that? Be real with yourself. Be honest with yourself. And at the same time, you can also be intuitive about like, honestly, it would be more helpful if, even though I don't feel like it, even though I'm like like super low energy, it would actually help me to do something that was activating so that I can mm -hmm. pump up feel good chemicals throughout my body. Because certain styles of breath work actually activate your feel good hormones like serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, and even trace amounts of DMT. So if you're doing an activation style of breath work, yes, it's harder to start because you're low energy to begin with. But once mm -hmm. you get going, you're pumping out these beautiful chemicals throughout your body. You're already feeling the tingling sensations. You're awakening your nervous system that might be a little bit stagnant. And anything that is underactive in your body starts to waken up. So we're bringing that momentum into our body without having to go do like an hour long thing. Any practices that are anywhere from 30 seconds even to seven minutes. And I have an entire platform where there's on-demand breathwork classes that are absolutely free for the community. So if you're ever curious about going and trying different breathwork techniques, it's, it's on alwaysplay.org. Out for those who are listening or watching. And I'm kind of curious about your journey and your story about how you became a breathwork facilitator, how you got interested, what drew you to this work? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit about my own personal need to learn how to take care of myself and also a need in a kind of divisive wellness industry, something that feels very separated for people of color, for people who practice wisdom traditions, people who have a lineage in different histories. There's a there's a couple of different angles to this. So for me, I started to experience a lot of different ailments in my body uh, in about 2015. I was getting really sick, panic attacks. My stomach was doing weird stuff. My hair was falling 
falling out, insomnia, seasonal depression, and it kind of hit me out of nowhere. You know, I've had some of these things all throughout, you know, little bits and pieces and of that. But at that time in my mid 20s and, and late 20s, anytime you go to the doctor with any kind of, you know, like, oh, I don't feel good. They're like, oh, it's stress. Oh, it's hormones. They don't really look at the root of what is happening. And as somebody who comes from a different culture, I'm an immigrant to the United States. I grew up in Bangladesh for you know many years. There is a different access to wellness and conversations around wellness, conversations around well-being, conversation around health, around health. There isn't a lot of dialogue that's happening around that, especially as I was going growing up. So a lot of my caretakers and parents and teachers, they didn't really have the tools to kind of teach me like, oh, here's how you take care of yourself holistically, your emotional health mm-hmm. and your mental health and your physical health and your energetic health. And, you know, all of these things were just like not conversations. It's like, oh, drink water or like, oh, get some sleep. Ah, oh, you know, take a tire and off. That's kind of like the solution to like all the things. And it's like people are well-meaning, but they just don't have the tools for that. And so I found myself incredibly ill, just absolutely feeling like I didn't know how to take care of myself. And it was showing up in different things. Like I was really uninterested. My depression was so bad. I was feeling like I didn't want to connect with people. And I just know that this is not me. I, it's, it's just not me. And there's just something in there that can be healed. And so by accident, I went to a sound healing session um, at a music festival. At that time, I was working at a, as a research scientist, working with what keeps girls interested in math and sciences, looking at perfectionism, grit, societal experiences, self-esteem, confidence, like doing all the things that like young women go through. That's what I was working with. And I really loved and I was really energized by my work, but I felt like there was something that was disconnected. I didn't feel like I could really study in the way that I wanted to and express that in the way that I wanted to and be creative in the way that I wanted to. And in retrospect, I see how that actually showed up in my body. It's like, you don't actually want to be doing this. You want to be doing this, but with a different expression of that. And so the more things became unaligned for me, the more it manifested in my physical body. And so I accidentally went to this sound healing session at this music festival, and I saw like a bunch of gongs and crystal bowls. And before we started recording this, Victoria was telling me that she got her you know, first set of crystal balls. So I was like, yes, you know, we need more sound healers out here. And basically my science mind was just like, what the heck is happening here? I was like rolling my eyes, like gongs and crystal balls. Like I was like, whatever. But it looked like everybody's like laying down and looked like a nap. And I'm I'm one to like always take a nap. I'm like, yes. So I just shut up, I laid down. And it was one of the first times where I experienced just absolute stillness in my mind. And at that time, I didn't know about the brain wave. I didn't know about entrainment. I didn't know about the process of a sound bath. And it's just not random instruments and random frequency. I didn't know about all of this before, but I was just like, wow, what was that? And I kept that with me. Actually, I forgot about it. I was like, wow, it was amazing. And I stayed for the next session. And then I went back into my regular life, back into the same hustle and grind, back into the same patterns and all of this stuff. And I kind of forgot about it until like those things started to manifest in my body again, the illness, the sleep, the digestion, the mood, the blah, 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 all these different things. And what I had done is got this Tibetan bowl. And at that time I was living in Northern California and I went to this Tibetan shop. I spent like four hours picking up this like one Tibetan bowl. The guy at the 
shop was kind enough to show me how to use it. It's really specific. When you're in person with bowls, different ones resonate differently with your body. And now I know why, because I understand the science and energetics behind that. But at that time, I was intuitively, I'm like, no, this isn't it. And this one's not it. And this one, like this one might be it. And so every single day in the morning, and I still didn't have a meditation practice, mindfulness practice, don't know about breath work or whatever. I started to just ding it it for myself for 30 seconds in the morning, I would just like ding it. And I would put it up to my ear, listen to it. And then I started to notice that my day would go differently. And I still didn't understand, you know, logically what was happening. But I'm like, you know what, I don't care. I feel nicer. I feel better. I feel more patient. I feel just different. So I'm just going to go with that. And then at nighttime, I started to do it too, just like dinging it, putting it to my ears. And then I became the girl like in my backpack, carrying the sound bowl around with me. And it's small. It's like a small Tibetan bowl. It's not like a bigger crystal bowl or anything. So you can kind of just like throw it in your backpack. I would wrap it in a scarf telling my friends, I was like, oh, you need to, you have sleep problems? Okay, let me show you. And then I would just like do like a, you know, two minutes <laughs> sound healing for them. And they were just going with it. All right, okay, you know, but they were like breathing and they were also noticing the difference. They're like, we don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know, but I feel calmer. I feel more relaxed. I feel like my anxiety has been better. Can you show me? Can you do this? So that was kind of like my push into like holistic health and holistic wellness just from my own need to take care of myself and I leaned into what I felt work without overthinking and over studying and over you know over researching then later on I did and now I train sound healers I have a certification program for that but then basically you know I started to find the practices and the way that the practices were were being shared didn't really resonate with me. And I keep mentioning like, oh, science background. It's because I do want to know the science behind sound healing when I'm doing it. Not because I want to talk wow. about it. It helps me learn about it. So the way that I teach is blending the science and the woo, blending the scientific, physiological, the chemicals, the brain waves, the entrainment. Like I love all, it lights me up. And also leaving room for the experiential. Like, I don't know what happened when I laid down and experienced that. I don't know what happened when I laid down and I did a breathwork session for the first time, but it changed my life. I don't need the data for it. I know that in my body. I know that in my experience. And so the way that I speak about things is to blend the science and blend the woo so that it can be applicable to everyday people. So not just be like, oh, this is like a healing thing. It is a healing thing, but like how? I also want to let you know how it's happening. What are the intersections that are happening? And also leave space for all the beautiful kind of mystical, metaphysical parts of the magic that is breathwork. Oh, wow. Such such beautiful explanation of all of that. And, and I love hearing about your story. And it also reminds me of your curiosity towards play, because a lot of kids nowadays, they love to ask the question why, and they want to know why. And I think that ties into your curiosity and leaning into the science of it as well. I see similarities in that. So that's really amazing yeah. how that all blends together seamlessly. Thank you. Thank you. And I wish like I could have, I mean, I don't wish, but I, I think it would have been uh, like an easier journey if I had noticed that earlier mm -hmm. in my journey that like, oh, curiosity and play and this like mischievous energy is actually what helps 
you know, have an embodied practice and being, you know, a constant learner of my crafts and being a teacher who, you know, whole space for hundreds of people, it, it would have helped me earlier on to kind of understand that about myself. Like that is a skill set and that is one of a thing that makes me me. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, thank you for reflecting that back. And it's like, yeah, I do see that more so nowadays. I'm like, yeah, like, you know, got to lean into the thing that is embedded in you. Yes, yes. And I think it's just so invaluable about the benefits as well, because I have seen just the shifts in my mental health and my anxiety and depression levels really have decreased since starting my breathwork journey. And I don't, I think I'm just gonna, I don't know who to think, like, should I think the universe? Should I think myself? I think I just have just immense gratitude for literally for my for my choosing to do so, plus for it actually being a thing and for, you know, being, being something that I can lean into as well. So I think I just, it's, it's definitely changed and shifted just the way that I think, the way that I show up in my day-to-day interactions with others and just, just so grateful. So I, I highly suggest anyone listening to this, just give it a try. What's, what's, What's the hurt in it just to see if it resonates with you, to see if you like it. I'm also curious because sometimes I have really, really huge downloads and kind of like epiphany moments. Has that ever happened to you? And if so, can you kind of explain yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like if you if you're somebody who's into like you know highest self work or embodiment work or somatic work, or you want to like deepen your self love, or like if you're not connecting to your breath, you're seeking outside of yourself. You know, because your breath dictates all this beautiful access that you naturally have. So a lot of us, when we are doing kind of healing work or we're on our self-development journey, we've kind of just like, ah, you know, I got to heal through this thing. Wherever it is that you are in your process of thinking about all of this stuff, we think it's something outside of ourselves. And part of it is when you're doing breath work, you're opening up energy centers that live inside your body. And so different cultures around the world all had knowledge about energy centers and they're talked about in different ways depending on like which culture you're talking to so in yoga they talk about the seven main energy centers known as the chakras there's also over seventy-two thousand nadis which are energy centers that are outside your body that that's Ooh. not much sort of talked about but that also is written about in yoga the deeper you get into that wisdom tradition you learn about it we also know about the same exact energy centers in acupuncture, in, in meridian studies. We know about it from Tai Chi and Qigong. We know about it from uh, Yoruba practices in, in palm healing, right? And energy healers have uh, lineages like Reiki also talk about certain energy centers. So there's different lineages that think about the same thing, but they're talking about, they're talking about the same thing in different ways, right? They've named it a different thing. They visualize it a different thing. But at the end of the day, what it is, there are energy centers in your body. that are constantly moving. And so for a lot of us, because we're thoracic breathers, meaning that we're actually holding our breath without even meaning to. So for a lot of us, even if, you know, as me and you are talking right now, if you just notice the way that you're breathing, is it, is it in your shoulder? Like, are you breathing? Like, are you holding your breath? You know what I mean? And, and, And for most people, when you ask somebody to take a deep breath, they go, They breathe into their shoulders, but there's literally no lungs in your shoulders. Your breath actually needs to get into your belly. So if you look at pets or animals or babies, they breathe into their bellies, right? They don't breathe into their chest. 
belly breathing is something that is innate and natural for us. So now we tend to switch into different types of breathing, thoracic breathing, meaning like we are only breathing from our chest. It stagnates other energy centers that are lower than your chest. So you're not accessing most of your energy centers. They're there. They're not, they're not clogged or blocked or, you know, some scary language that sometimes we use. They're there. They're in your body. They're doing it. They're doing their thing, but they're not as active or as stimulated as they could be. So when you activate your breath, you're opening up like literal portals in your body and different energy centers are associated with different things. So for example, the ones that are in your, in your lower body, in your your belly are associated with grounding, creativity, intuition, power. And for a lot of women specifically, because we have shame around our hips, we have shame around moving, we have shame around uh, our belly, we are constricting those energy centers to be free. We're not letting those energy centers be free. So if we're doing practices that are very still, we're not allowing those things to actually move through. So women tend to want to move in kind of more sensual ways, twerking as a spiritual practices, a lot of indigenous cultures that blended movement with breathing practices as well. And so that has kind of been separated from the uh, uh, the practice of the modern styles of breathwork. And that's also why I teach flow breathwork, meaning like literally your energy centers want to flow through your body and you can't do that by being stagnant and by being still. And so as these energy centers are opening up, you have access to all these different intuitive portals in your body. So when you said, yeah, like you got that download or you're getting these like aha moments, literally things that have been sitting in your body, emotions, emotions, they've been sitting in your shoulder as a burden on your shoulder or heartache or constriction in your gut, grief processes in the lower back. All of these things manifest in your body that, that you might not have thought is connected to your breath. When you start to move, when you start to move that energy, whether you're physically moving or you're just moving it with your breath, all those things starts to shift. So the things that were like heavy, it starts to move. So you can imagine like a little cluster, if you can imagine uh, an emotion as like a cluster, like a little ball sitting somewhere on your body. And then as you're breathing, it's kind of loosening, all the particles are loosening, and it's getting it's getting permission to kind of like release. And so oftentimes during breath work, once those things release from your body, the energy channels have a better ability to flow. It's more open, it's more clean, it's more direct. So your, your energy channels are never like you don't have access to it so this is not to fear monger that like oh you have something like sitting in your channel it's to say that if you could ease up this channel why wouldn't you so i describe it as kind of like a river if you imagine your channels are like this river and things have collected into the river like a pile of leaves have collected or a pile of sticks have collected and these piles of leaves are like emotions that you've collected over years or things that you didn't really deal with and you know sometimes it's like a giant pile of leaves and sometimes Sometimes it's like one leaf over time has collected over time and has become an actual problem for you. And so all of these things manifest in, in your physical body. And an example of that is particularly for women, the throat chakra. Oftentimes this energy center that is uh, related to communication and being able to express and being able to be, you know, expressive about your truth and your desires and your thing. For a lot of women, you have a hard time speaking up and, uh, and connecting this to my studies in, in, in 
step with like the young women that I used to research is that there is a there is a training, there's a uh, unconscious, subconscious, and implicit training that women go through where it's harder for women to speak up because we're told to shut up or we're being too loud or we're being too annoying or we're being right like our voice is always suppressed. And so if you can imagine like the things that collect in your in your throat area over time, women have a higher rate of thyroidism. They have thyroid problems that is directly in this throat center. You can also think about like different parts of the body. Cysts are collected in the ovaries where are a lot of grief is processed. Lower back is grief. Lower back is expression. Lower back is creativity. Lower back is intuition. So people are telling you like, oh, don't listen to your intuition. What's the logic behind that? So you're up here a lot, but you're not in your body. The energetics of that is in your body. So as these things kind of open up and loosen, yeah, downloads come, ancestral information come, things that don't belong to you that have energetically lived in your body, in DNA and in energetics from your family, from your parents, from your grandparents, from ancestors that you don't even know, that starts to release and loosen up. So it feels like this euphoric release. And for a lot of people, you'll start to shake, you'll start to cry, you'll start to, you might feel like you need to go to the bathroom a lot. Even if you just went to the bathroom like 12 times, your body's like start trying to expel, you're yawning, screaming, crying, tears, like those things are very normal. But essentially what's happening is that stagnant energy in your body releases and gives you access to these portals of like, wow, all these things didn't give me this, this fluid energy of flow. It didn't give me this like fluid energy. I've been kind of having to like navigate around the waters, but now I have this access to like direct source. Wow. I am honestly mind blown i have to just let that sink in for a second because i feel like that just all makes a lot of sense and i think that really does explain as you were saying before like kind of the sciencey why and how behind it i think that really does solidify everything because i was kind of just curious about okay what is happening what is really going on and i think i do see even just whenever I was experiencing anxiety, I was really breathing through just my chest alone. And I think that stopped me from feeling grounded, from feeling centered in myself. So that really does help me, I think, just really inspire me to just keep going and just keep keep up with this work oh, wow. because that's that's just so incredible. Thank you for sharing that and sharing your insight about that. Thank um, you for asking. Of course, of course. So I would love to know, kind of going back to that fast paced breathing before, for those who struggle with anxiety, and that hyperventilation may instill more anxious feelings within them, do you recommend doing more fast paced breathing and just continue with it? And will it eventually subside? Or do you do you recommend them just not do the fast pace and just do the slow? And then also what I find is like for the start of my journey, when I had really, really bad anxiety, I had a hard time breathing in fully. So just kind of like, can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. And so again, there's like two angles to that. There's like the kind of sciencey angle and also like the energetics angle. And and the thing is, you know, in my book, Breathe, I write about breathwork for anxiety too. So there's techniques for that. And you hit it right on the head when you said like, should you practice this if it's going to, uh, you know, elicit more anxiety? So one of the things I write about is that 
Yes and no. If you're practicing by yourself, you want to be able to hold space for yourself. So if you think this mm -hmm. is going to, you know, elicit more anxiety within you, then absolutely not. Use your intuition that like, am I going to be held in a space that is going to allow me to practice this safely? If the answer is no, then absolutely don't do something that's going to make you worse than when you started like that's not the goal of this right so it's not it's not to like trigger you so that you force yourself into that that doesn't help anybody right and so if you are practicing fast-paced breathing or anything that's activating and as i mentioned you don't get to decide what's going to activate within you you might be somebody who doesn't experience anxiety but also feel anxious because you're breathing in a way that your body's not trained to do so being held in a space with a trained facilitator is everything. It's one thing to practice in a in a video, on an app, on a, you know, like a self-practice. Beautiful, amazing. Have a mindfulness practice that way. But the integration process of what happens after a breathwork practice is 100% more important than anything that you did beforehand. The breathwork is cool. You know, the breath will go where the breath needs to go. And the integration of how you manage and how you and how you integrate what you just experienced, you got to download. So what? What are you going to do with that? Right? Like, so that's the integration. Oh, you, you forgave your inner child or you, you know, met your inner child. So what? If, if they're not going to come with you, then like, why does it matter? Like, how are you going to yeah. actually integrate? You know, like you talked to your parent, you forgave your dad. So what? Like, how does this actually come into real life? How does this come into applied life? And how does this help you going forward? And so mm -hmm. the energetics behind that, so that's kind of just like the, you know, practice with, with intention. If you are somebody who's like prone to anxiety, if you're prone to feeling X, Y, and Z way, you definitely want to pick tools that help you not elicit more of that, you know, and we mm -hmm. were earlier talked about like, don't add fire to the fire, add something that helps cool it down. So absolutely, like, don't go against your intuition to like, undo the thing you're trying to do, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And on the other hand, too, anybody who is getting into a breathwork practice, you also have energetic resistances that show up. So when you mentioned like when you were breathing and you couldn't breathe into your belly or you couldn't breathe into your chest. Yeah, it's because your body's not trained to do that. Your body needs to literally energetically train to revert to the way that it's meant to breathe. So what's happened over time is that we become in something called the sympathetic nervous state. Our sympathetic nervous state is basically our fight, flight, or freeze response. So because we're holding our breath, because we're breathing only from our chest, our body thinks that we're in constant danger. It doesn't feel like we're safe. And so our body is essentially trained. Our nervous system is essentially trained to feel fearful. Like I can't relax and let go because something's going to happen. Somebody's going to send me an email. Somebody's going to, you know, say, something to me and I'm going to ask somebody to be my friend and they're going to say no it's going to hurt my feeling we're always on this like survival kind of energy where our body also has a different state it's called the parasympathetic state which is our rest digest and relaxing state this is where your body gets to heal this is where your body gets to send beautiful chemicals to the to, to the rest of your systems it optimizes healing it it gives permission for your digestion to kick in it gives your immunity a boost your feel good hormones are activated here your sleep is improved you get into a theta state you get all the luxury kind of sleep you can't do that when your body's always in a sympathetic 
energetic state. So our body has that state because it is a helpful thing. Like our, our defense mechanism, it, you know, helps us survive. It's not something that we need to get rid of. But if we're in it all day long, our body doesn't even know how to relax. It doesn't know how to actually breathe into our belly. It doesn't know how to breathe into our chest because when you're breathing into your belly, you're opening up a lot of portals that you're, you're not used to having access to. You're not used to talking to this part of your body. So you're like, oh my gosh, when I breathe into here, I'm feeling, you know, like I'm feeling a thing. So the, the leaves that were sitting into the river in the river is getting like ruffled right now. It's, it's getting bustled and hustled. And now you're like, oh no, no, no. I was so used to it just sitting here. Now it's making you have to feel into things that perhaps you were energetically avoiding. So emotions that you were avoiding, uh, stories that you were avoiding, things that you know you need to heal through that you haven't faced yet, or things that you didn't know that you needed to heal through that have been living physically in your body. Like that thing in the throat when I was saying, oftentimes people, when they're doing breath work, they start to, <clears throat> they start to, <coughs> they have phlegm, oh. they start to cough. They feel like there's like a, like a, a popping sound happening in their throat. Yeah, it's because this has been collecting a bunch of leaves and now their leaves are starting wow. to move. So there's a resistance. So you're like, this is freaky. This is freaky. I don't know what I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Yes. If this is actually feeling like it's going to like take you off the edge, stop. But at the same time, can you feel through, through things in order to heal through things? So part of that is you showing up for yourself. And if what you were doing already was working, then it was already working, but you're doing a different thing now. So you're going to expect a different result. You're going to expect things to feel a little bit different. And so it's your body kind of just protecting itself. It's self-preservation. Like, we don't want to feel this. This is freaky. No, 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 no. Stop breathing. Like, oh, don't you need to go to the bathroom? Oh, don't you need to stretch right now? Oh, don't you want to complain about the music right now? For real, like in sessions, I've seen people, people get up and like somebody raised their hand one time and they were like, ah, could you play a different song? Because I feel like Adele is going through her own experience right now. And I feel like I can't get through my own experience. I'm like, no, I can't. Your breath, your mind will think of all the excuses it needs to, to preserve you. It's a protection mechanism. It's saying like, hey, are you sure you want to go there? Because once you open up that portal, you have access to a thing now. You have access to like, oh, this is the thing. Like I need to forgive or like I, I got to do this or like I am enough. And that's that's a revolutionary thought. You know, that's a revolutionary thing. And maybe you've been in this energy of like feeling like you're not good enough, feeling like you're not enough, feeling like this or that. This is your normal. So now when you're breaking out of that normal, it's terrifying. It's like, wow, I got to like leave and like cut my shit, you know, go do a different thing that is a little bit terrifying. So that has to do with anxiety, but anxiety is a, is a clinical term. So if I had mm -hmm. to say it in the energetics behind what anxiety feels like in the body and the resistances that show up when you're doing this kind of work, it's more around the energetics that you're now accessing rather than a clinical term. It's, it's, it's more the feeling behind it rather than the thought process. Wow. And I almost am just thinking about how your thoughts play into it. I think that almost really does have an impact on the way that I show up in my breathwork practices. If I'm thinking, oh man, my chest is really hurting right now and I just really focus in on what's going on, then I'm not actually, I guess, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like I'm in my mind, as you were saying before, I'm too much in my head 
therefore I'm not allowing just my body to take over and just breathe how, like, as you said before, how it naturally is supposed to breathe. And eventually that resistance will, will go away and it's not going to stay forever, which in my mind, I'm like, Oh man, it's going to stay forever. And that causes me to sometimes not go deep I think it's almost like a surface level thing because mm. I'm still so in my thoughts and I'm not allowing myself to go deep. And I, I, I would disagree that it's not, that it's not, not deep. There isn't one layer that you need to get to in order f- for it to be meaningful, you know? And I think that's a misconception too. It's like, oh, every session is a new thing because if you already clean this pile of leaves, a part of us becomes addicted to feeling that again. But that pile already left. You already deal with that pile. So now it's a different thing. And so your mind is sometimes like trying to get that same high almost. And so part of starting a breathwork practice is being intentional before you start and giving permission for the breath to go where the breath needs to go. So for example, if we're talking about that river again and you're like, Oh, I see this tree has fallen into my river, okay? And it's blocking the flow of the water. So the water has to now figure out how to go around this tree or under this tree or over this tree. The path of the water is like more, is harder. And this tree represents something that has just happened in your life. Something traumatic, something huge, something that you're consciously aware of. Like this happened, like a heartache. Like maybe you just broke up with somebody, right? Like the heartache, it just happened. But when you start to do the breath work, You wanted to take care of this tree, but your breath took you to that pile of leaves, which has nothing to do with this tree, but has everything to do with this tree because this heartache is 100% related to your self-worth and the feelings that you don't have about yourself, that you're addicted maybe to love or to validation or to people-pleasing or you have no boundaries. And you're like, what does that have to do with like me and, uh, you know, so-and-so breaking up? Like, I don't need to know about my boundary issues. I'm trying to like heal through this thing. And that's the point. You might be trying to hyper-focus on the thing that you think, but the breath knows better. The breath knows exactly where to go. So we might never even get to this tree But by just the virtue of you loosening all these different other things, it's going to push the tree down the river at a certain point. And so I wouldn't say it's not deep because I think Mm -hmm. it's super deep that your breath is fighting against you and saying like, you consciously think that this is what you need. You, this is what your conscious mind is telling you. This is what you explicitly believe, but implicitly and your subconscious mind is more powerful than anything your conscious mind can conceive. Oh, I think I just need to definitely just trust more, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Let go of that need for control and just trust the process. So thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. Um, and I also, I'm just really curious about when you do a breathwork session and there's some breath holds, what is happening there during those holds? So many different things. And like we cover this in breathwork training too, but just like the short version is that your energy centers have more of a potency to activate within a hold. 
So oftentimes you'll get visualizations, you'll get colors, you'll get sensations, you'll feel thermal regulation, meaning you'll feel hot or cold uh, moving through your body. You'll get a lot of downloads in those hold moments. It's because you're also now training your body to be okay and not feel like you're suffocating and training your body not to get into panic mode. A lot of us, when we feel anxious, it's because we're holding our breath and we don't connect it to that. And our body is trained to be in panic when we don't have air. So it's a two-parter. You're activating energy centers. You're making them magnify and amplify. You're releasing things that are stagnant in your body. And you're training your body to be able to kind of improve the energetic vessel in where you live to be able to contain your agency your kind of rules about how it is that you want to feel and heal and you're training your system to that that's amazing thank you for sharing i was always so curious about that because i do really really enjoy that part, I almost look forward to it. I'm like, okay, where, when's the breath holds going to be? <laughs> when, when, when are they going to uh, tell us to breath, uh, do a breath hold? Because I really do enjoy the feeling it gives. And, and I, I feel it's magical effects for sure. So I would love to know where can listeners connect with you and find you? Yes, you can connect with me on Instagram at shanila.sattar. If you're interested to train in breathwork and become a certified breathwork facilitator, you can go to flowbreathworktraining.com. We also have sound healer trainings and year-long healing arts practitioners immersions. Uh, If you want to do breathing, you can also go to alwaysplay.org. There's on-demand breathwork classes. We have our breathwork facilitators who come teach every single Sunday night, 7 p.m. Central Time. And if you ever miss a class, the replays are there. You can, you know, play with me on all the, all, the, all the different platforms. And I also have a podcast called The Playground where we talk about spiritual exploration, intuitive entrepreneurship, personal development, self-development, mysticism, all the fun stuff. I will go and make sure everything is on the show notes so that the listeners can just go and find you right away. Um, I'm definitely going to check all of your offers out. And I would love to know, this is my signature question that I ask at the end of every show. What does it mean to blissfully bloom? Oh, blissfully bloom. It's just like, it, it circles back to what I said earlier about being mischievous and playful and curious. You know, I think when you lose that, that element, you know, I don't think we can always be in a hundred percent of everything all the time, but, you know, keeping some of that element and that energy and all the things that you do is you blooming all the time. So beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And thank you so much for coming to the show today. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Victoria. Oh my gosh. I am just honestly still mind blown after listening back to that conversation we had. And I just want to send so much love and gratitude and light to Shanila for coming on the show today. I appreciate her time, wisdom, and energy. And 
I just learned so much and everything really just really settled in for me because I now since recording this, I have practiced breath work for 140 days straight and I am going to continue to do this healing work because it absolutely resonates with me and has been so life-changing for me. One key takeaway that I will say is that whenever... I think the metaphor that Shanila gave with maybe the leaves or the sticks or the tree stump that has been settled in and taking its home just in an area in your body and she says that the breath will flow where it wants to flow, where it needs to flow. Even if consciously you may be thinking, oh, I need to work on this and this is what needs to be healed right now in this exact moment, that may not be the case because intuitively your body knows what needs to be healed right here right now and your breath will flow there to shift things to move things and if it's been something like she was saying how those leaves or sticks if they have been just settling there for a while what breath work does is it's able to move those out of the way so that your energy centers aren't blocked or hindered and they can be activated and blossomed and bloomed so that you can start receiving the things that you are meant to receive and it's just such a beautiful practice and i just i just really I don't know. She really did inspire me to one day become a breathwork facilitator. So I'll definitely have to check out her training. I will leave all of her links below on the show notes that you can find her. And don't forget that she also has a podcast called The Playground. And she kind of described it a little bit where she talks about you know, the mystical, personal development, healing work. So definitely go check out her podcast. And I hope that you all enjoyed this episode. I surely did. As always, make sure to screenshot the episode, tag me on your Instagram at blissfully.balloom and share your biggest key takeaway from this episode. I want to know. I am curious. And also, if you haven't already, make sure to leave the podcast a review and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. But I will see y'all on the next one. Bye.